I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, the fat joke rule. There should be an exception allowed for Michael because when he speaks, he rarely misses. He is a jewel. So you've been described as a jewel. Our board operator, Michelangelo, a national treasure, a jewel. Uh, Bob Barr, Bill Barr. Bill Barr, who's going to be our attorney general yesterday, being grilled. And uh, he was asked this like 19 different ways on whether or not Trump could tell him to fire Mueller or whatever. I am not going to do anything that I think is wrong, and I will not be bullied into doing anything I think is wrong by anybody, whether it be editorial boards or Congress or the president. I'm going to do what I think is right. I appreciate him saying that, although I I don't get what this exercise really is. If he's the sort of guy that's in league with Trump and Putin, (laughs) he's not going to be honest about about this anyway. You know, hey, do we have that uh, Bill Maher cl- clip you were talking about that you sent to me overnight? No, but I couldn't listen to it because my internet's been out oh, for four days. Well, you got to check that out. It's like a mm. five-minute conversation, but it's, oh, it's it is. really okay. worth checking out. I was just going to make the point, it, it, and and I say this with sympathy because I love everybody. I Joe Getty. Yet I don't. I hate a lot of people. I love my fellow Americans, and uh, I would appreciate your support in the 2020 election. No, I just seventy-five percent of people I like. Uh, uh, the other twenty-five percent I deeply hate. <laughs> That's a pretty good ratio. I think I can join you on that. Um, well, no, I was just going to say, a lot of people arrive at what they believe because they get different information or their their favorite stations are telling them something different or they're brought up a different way. And I don't dislike people who disagree with me. 
I would like it if we could talk calmly and trade ideas, and you wouldn't hate me because I don't believe what you believe, but um, I have, I seriously have had zero concern that Donald J. Trump was going to fire Robert Mueller for, I don't know, at least six months. I mean, it's just utterly clear to me it's not going to happen. I, and it's not that I don't, I'm not concerned because I don't care. It's that I know it's not going to happen. Well, and if but if is, you flip on CNN and MSNBC, every single day... It's a daily worry. Right. Yeah. They, they have Bob Mueller stripped to the waist, a gun in each hand, in his office, fending off the forces of Trump that are trying to end the investigation right now because it's a constant threat. But no, that's not happening at all. There's no problem here but they spend all day trying to get old bill Barr to uh, admit that he might be an agent of, of putin and or trump and and shut down Mueller. and he's like no i wouldn't do that i've been through the dictator talk with barack obama and now with with donald trump uh of the opposition side saying this person has no will not leave the white house and is planning to be a dictator right there's no way that could happen the way our government is currently constituted it just could not happen. No, our, our institutions are too strong. No, there's no, there's Funky zero. as they can be. There's not only a low chance of it, it's a chance of zero. Right. That anybody's going to end up being a dictator anytime soon in America. I heard Trump's the new Hitler. But there are people, Maybe smart the people. the most idiotic thing I've ever heard, and I've heard it 50,000 times. Bill Maher and Chris Matthews were discussing it yesterday as if it's a decent chance it's going to happen, that Trump is going to name himself dictator, and then, oh my God, what are we going to do? That's hilarious. I'm not a fan of Hitler. That's I know. That's right, Mr. President. That's hilarious. I, I, it amazes me. Although, I will tell you this, and again, maybe it's because I'm a middle child. I like to bring people together. As uh, Sebastian Younger in his brilliant book, Tribe, uh, points out, and I'm you know, paraphrasing, people on one level like to be afraid because they band together with other people, and that feels really good to feel close to other people, to depend on other people. In the wake of a disaster, people come together and sometimes they say, that was the best, that was the happiest I've ever been when the whole town came together and shared and blah, blah, blah. People love that, and particularly in our disconnected times where we're all standing at our screens calling people we barely know on Facebook our friends when we don't really ever see our friends. During these times, people have an extra, extra acute thirst for that. And so, if you can convince yourself Trump is the new Hitler, and we're all threatened, you go to rallies, you go to marches, you you have a Facebook group, and, and you feel really good that you're banding together with people. Never mind that it's absolute paranoid horse crap. And the same applies to Obama. Obama was never going to stay for a third term. And we had people asking us, "Do you? Th- I've heard this is happening, what do you guys think? It's not going to happen! But I don't people like to be afraid. Back to Bill Barr, there was something for everybody to like or uh, not like, depending on how extreme your politics are, I guess. But he said several times that he's known Mueller for years. Mueller's a great guy. It's not a witch hunt. I can't even imagine there's zero chance of Mueller doing anything that would cause him to be fired. For cause, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you, you know, the this is a witch hunt, Mueller's in on it, et cetera crowd. Couldn't have liked that right. out of the uh, hand-picked Trump attorney general. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said lots of stuff like that. On the other hand, I was really happy to hear on non-Russia collusion stories. He says we have to have a secure border. It's a giant problem, and it's got to be secured. 
He also said that he promised Lindsey Graham that he would get to the bottom of this whole FBI thing, how and why they decided to investigate an elected president um, as a Russian spy. He said he'll get to the bottom of that, and he said he was horrified when he saw the page struck texts right. at the bias in the FBI. So, And he you know, hinted that it seems like... The FBI can whip up an investigation of a sitting president just because a handful of people sure feel like it. Sure looks like you could. Sure right. looks like you could. Right. Right. Um, which is incredibly uh, troubling. Oh, speaking of the Russians and that whole Russian thing, which, I mean, is <laughs> there are news outlets that have talked about nothing but for months and months and months and months. And what months. whole Russian thing are you talking about? The 37 Purge? <laughs> their love of caviar? No. The, the big furry hats? What whole Russian thing no, are you talking about? No, the Decembrists movement of the late 1800s. Mm. Usual, as usual. No, you know, the, the whole Trump thing. But um, uh, it, Peter Robinson wrote uh, recently in Forbes, Forbes magazine, that as various files from the uh, USSR have been disclosed and, and, and come out, um, a, uh, a researcher for the London Times came across an unbelievable memo composed in 1983 by the top man in the KGB. The memo was addressed to Yuri Andropov, who was the top man in the entire USSR. Is he one of those guys that lasted like a month? Andropov was not around for a while, for very long. We had a couple in a row there when I was a young man that lasted like a month. Yeah, it was Chernenko and Andropov. Yeah, yeah, they came and went quick. It was like, you know, the popes were that way for a while, briefly. Um, but so, top guy at the KGB writes a memo to the top guy in the entire Soviet empire, and the topic is, I just heard from Ted Kennedy. I need to tell you about it. What the liberal lion of the Senate said, coming up next. Ted Kennedy was a secret Russian agent? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You know what? If I wanted to say that, I'd have gone ahead and said it. I'm just reading between the lines. I don't. I, that's unnecessary. If I don't he need one, you to put words in my mouth. If Ted Kennedy wanted one of those big furry hats, he'd have needed a really giant one. Get an enormous head, Ted Kennedy. The Decemberists. Thank you very much, Michael. Ever tell you about when I was in Moscow, the hotel I was staying at, how much caviar they had on the breakfast buffet every morning? I think you mentioned it briefly. They had like a dozen different kinds of caviar every morning. Mmm. Giant quantities of it. I never put that on your frosted plates. Not my thing, the fish egg. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Breaking from Jake Tapper, who I like. House Majority at Leader Hoyer, that's Steny Hoyer, says the State of the Union is off. What? Well, we'll see if any more details come out on that. Nancy Pelosi said earlier they should uh, postpone the State of the Union for security reasons. I think maybe we should postpone it because it's going to be a... I almost said something you're not supposed to say. <laughs> really? It's going to be a blank show. Uh, this is from another CNN person. Sounds like a presumptive close to me. Steny Hoyer saying, no, the, uh, it's off. Uh, we can't have it. 
at Kate Budon asks at Leader Hoyer if at Speaker Pelosi is essentially saying the State of the Union on the Hill is canceled. Yep. He said the State of the Union is off. Any chance Trump could convince them otherwise? No. Do they get to decide? So the what I'm kind oh, of yeah, piecing yeah. together is if they don't show up to hear the thing, then I guess it's off. Well, it's, yeah, Congress has to. It's in their building. It's in their room. Yeah, the, the the president can't force his way onto the floor of Congress and start speechifying. Otherwise, we would have something like a dictatorship. Wow. So, inter- you know, I'd failed to consider that, but it's an obvious point. It's her house. It's, it's Nancy's house. Not in my house. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she has essentially said. Going to have a house party. Right. Well, that's an odd maneuver. Boy, these are strange times. And the State of so the Union were is, the 1980s, Jack. State what? of the Union is not needed. We'll, I'm sure we'll be discussing this more in the future. But Indeed. Okay. So you, you just decide what parts of the Constitution we get to ignore then. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Perfect. Great. Uh, they're literally shredding the Constitution. <laughs> no, they're not. No, that would that would be illegal. Um. So back in the 80s, uh, a there's a Good memo times. from parachute the, pants, oh, please. tight perms for white men doing the pogo to uh, Devo. Um, <laughs> so the top guy at the KGB sends a memo to the top guy at the in the evil empire of the Soviet Union and says on uh, the ninth and tenth of May this year, Senator Edward Kennedy's close friend and trusted confidant John Tunney was in Moscow. Tunney was Kennedy's law school roommate, former Democratic senator from California. The senator charged Tony to convey the following messages through confidential contacts to the general secretary and drop-off. Kennedy's message was simply proposed an unabashed quid pro quo. Kennedy would lend and drop-off a hand in dealing with President Reagan. In return, the Soviet leader would lend the Democratic Party a hand in challenging Reagan in the 1984 presidential election. What? The, on- the only this real... This sounds like the best stuff anybody could hope for... Out of the uh, Mueller report. I know. About Trump. And listen, this isn't whataboutism. This is just perspective. The only real potential threats to Reagan are problems of war and peace and Soviet-American relations, the memo states. These issues, according to the senator, will without a doubt become the most important of the election campaign. So Kennedy made Andropov a couple of specific offers. First, he offered to visit Moscow. The main purpose of the meeting, according to the senator, this is a quote, would be to arm Soviet officials with explanations regarding problems of nuclear disarmament so they may be better prepared and more convincing during appearances in the U.S. Kennedy would help the Soviets deal with Reagan by telling them how to brush up their propaganda. Then he offered to make it possible for Andropov to sit down with for a few interviews on American television, quote, a direct appeal to the American people will, without a doubt, attract a great deal of attention and interest in this country. So, How's the, this not gotten more attention? Well, I'm going to get to that in a second, because that's a great question. Um, the long and short of it is, Kennedy thought Reagan's only vulnerability is if Soviet relations get so ugly and scary that the American people balk and say, Reagan's too confrontational. We need somebody else in there. How about you, Teddy? Um, and that he would help them do that in return for help getting elected. Um, which is, and, and it goes on, there's some more details to it. And, you know, if you're a history freak like we are, it's absolutely worth a read. And we will post this uh, article from Forbes.com uh, at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, and, and, and it is suggested that Kennedy was actually concerned about the state of U.S.-Soviet relationships, uh, the relations and was scared about it. And, you know, if he could get elected, all the better. Um, and again, this is in Forbes. This is not, you know, at, uh, the, you know, Weekly World News or something like that. In 1992... Weekly World News. Is there more? 
Um, or what's what's the uh, you know World Net Daily or something like that? In 1992, Tim Sebastian published a story about this memo in the London Times. In 92, here in the U.S., the story received no attention. In his 2006 book, The Crusader, Ronald Reagan and the Fall of Communism, historian Paul Kenger reprinted the, uh, reprinted the memorandum in full. The media, says Kenger, the author, ignored the revelation. This document, he continues, has stood the test of time. I scrutinized it more carefully than anything I've ever dealt with as a scholar. I showed the document to numerous authorities who deal with Soviet archival material. No one has debunked the memorandum or shown it to be a forgery. Kennedy's office did not deny it. Um, There's no evidence that Andropov acted on it or or took Kennedy up on the bargain. Um, But that's an amazing revelation. That's pretty colludy. That's right up there with candidate Richard Nixon communicating with the uh, the Vietnamese, saying, don't cut a deal with the North. Don't cut a deal. If you cut a deal that'll undermine my candidacy, you let me get in there, we'll cut you a better deal. And so he was colluding behind the scenes with the, with the North and the South and the rest of it. Read about it if you like someday. But, yeah, so Kennedy was actually in bed with the Soviets, or tried to be, to work out a little election advantage. Just worth a little perspective. The liberal lion of the Senate. The perspective there would be, since we know then as now that collusion isn't actually a criminal term. It's a scary sounding word, though, Jack. It's something collusion might not look good politically, but it's not necessarily illegal. Depends on what actually happens. Exactly. And, uh, Depends on the particulars. And so, if there are some collusiony stuff or things that come out in the Mueller report, this might all of a sudden get the attention that it's deserved for years. When people say, okay, well, this 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 has happened before. Well, and I don't know what you're going to do, dig up Ke- Ted Kennedy and kick him, but... Uh, uh, I might. Um, Can you do that? That's well, foolish, there, isn't it? There are a handful of good reasons to do that, frankly. The, the great lion of the Senate was a reprehensible human being in a lot of ways, but um, I just... Selective outrage annoys me. Major national Maybe radio show. Maybe it's I wake up outraged and go to bed outraged, but yes. I'm looking at the headline, major national radio show. Exhumes Ted Kennedy assaults corpse. Yeah, that would be, you know, as long as they spell your name right. Condones grave digging. <laughs> radio ghouls advocate digging up Kennedy. <laughs> radio ghouls. <laughs> See, that would not be great publicity. <laughs> As long as they spell your name right. Right, of course, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I and thought somebody was... will ask us in a, with a, com- in a completely straight face and serious tones. Right. So are you advocating the digging up of the former senator from Massachusetts? It was a joke. For the purpose of kicking his exhumed body? Oh, you body? think defiling corpses is funny? Yeah, I do. That's why I made the joke. The old unfair dismantling of and asking serious tones... Why a joke was funny. It's a great technique for arguing unfairly, if you're into that. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, State of the Union, on or off, we will have the latest El Chapo on the stand after explosive testimony. And, yeah, I'd say. And Facebook's multi-million dollar plans to support local news. Coming up minutes from now. All right, El Marshall. Our savior's Facebook, trying to make the world a better place in which to live. Yeah. So all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
thinking about this newscast. This El Chapo story is amazing. I'm from oh, the testimony yesterday. Do tell. But uh, let's get the news now. It's Marsha Phillips. Uh, first out of the gate, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer is confirming the 2019 State of the Union will not proceed as planned. I have mixed feelings about this. I don't like Nancy Pelosi's crowd forcing this. On the other hand, I've been complaining about how stupid the State of the Union is for many years. Yeah. Come for the it feels like royalty and stay for the laundry list of programs that'll never happen. Right. And the Supreme Court sitting there taking verbal abuse from Barack Obama. And it's just it's degenerated. Well, the nonstop applause, standing up and sitting down and uh, to make it clear to all your constituents that I'm for this or against this. You lie. In light of the government shutdown, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi suggested this morning to President Trump to work with her on rescheduling his January 29th State of the Union or give his prepared remarks to Congress on paper. Which is the way it was originally done. Going back to that would be awesome. Nobody needs this. It's a campaign speech for every president. I can see why every president wants to do it. Here's your counter. Because every president wants to do it. Donald J. Trump announces, I'll be delivering the State of the Union address directly to the American people. See how many people watch it. Right. Ultimately, that is absolutely the way to do it. Yeah. In fact, it's almost certainly what's going to happen. Yep. You heard it here first, unless you heard it here somewhere else before that. <laughs> Ultimately, the decision rests with Pelosi, not Trump. That's what Hoyer is saying. In fact, if I'm Trump, isn't that a better way to do it? Yes. Why, do, why do I need to do it in front of a crowd that's going to boo all the th- half the things I say and... Well, he loves confrontation, so I think he would enjoy that. He enjoys a scrape, but uh, going straight to the people is kind of his thing. So, yeah, he'll do it from the Oval Office or whatever. So that guy that yells, ladies and gentlemen, the president. That guy, is he just out of work now, or does he have another gig? Furloughed. Furloughed. (laughs) He's going to be doing uh, WWE wrestling. Sergeant at Arms, out of work, right? Turns out El Chapo could be taking the witness stand in his drug trafficking case or trial now underway in Brooklyn. So you get to wear his favorite blue hat. If I he, figured out why he wears that, I think, yeah, to make him look taller. That? He wears a uh, big, tall hat perched yeah. on top of his head uh, yeah, to make him look taller. Mm. Classic short guy move. If he does, the accused drug kingpin will have to answer questions about an enormous bribe allegedly paid to a former Mexican president. Oh, yeah. The president. Yes. The president. Uh, We have a clip of, I believe. Positive Sean, can we find that clip? Oh, that's the... That's him. Yeah. What? Go ahead, Marshall. That's Fox. We'll get... Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's not who we're talking about. I stand corrected. Yeah, uh, El Chapo's one-time associate dropped bombshell testimony yesterday, claiming El Chapo once paid the president Enrique Peña Nieto $100 million to look the other way. Peña Nieto, who left office last year, called the claim false and defamatory when it first came up earlier in the trial. You would. Um, we are so, we so take for granted the rule of law we've got in the United States. Even with all its flaws, you rarely think the police or your local mayor or governor or whatever is on the take of a drug lord, let alone the president of the country. It is so hard to start civilization and to keep it going. People take it for granted. Man, we are, it's a thin line between civilization and chaos. And they've got something close to chaos in Mexico. Yeah, yeah, so, and if, and if yeah. the president of the country is taking a bribe and your mayor is taking a bribe, what hope do you have 
for going down to your local office or whatever because you want to do something at your house or you know right. buy a piece of land to start a fruit stand or whatever. Right. I mean, you know that that's all about bribes and who you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, if at the high levels, if the president takes a $100 million bribe, you got no chance in the, lo- the very local level. Nieto was still president when El Chapo was captured in 2016 and extradited to the U.S. in 2017. What's El Chapo's game plan at this point, taking the stand? He, he can't possibly think he's going to get out of it this time, can he? You think he's still holding out hope that he gets out All of it? All you need is one juror. Now, the, the government will retry him as many times as is necessary. Right. But, you know, I have a feeling he's just looking for one juror. He could get up there and be looking directly into one juror's eyes and convince them right then and there. Well, and you would it's it's not a stretch right. to think that he can reach you, find you or your family and right. do something to you. Dang. He's been doing it for years. He's the, the most old powerful. silver lead thing. I could see uh, you know, I'm I'm a juror, I'm you know, sequestered, maybe I'm going home or whatever. A guy sidles up to me, maybe I'm at a ball game, maybe I'm at one of my kids' soccer games and the guy says hundred million dollars. $100 million, totally laundered, nobody ever know you have it. Think about it. And he'd walk away. And two days later, he'd be there again. You say, we're very, very good at covering our tracks, $100 million. I mean, if he can, and, and they might try that on the six most likely jurors. Of course, then at least some yep. of those jurors would report it to the judge, and then it'd be on. Then you'd have a problem. Well, but, then doesn't yeah. he show up and say, you know, I got a kid your age. That you kid of yours rides the blue bicycle to school? Yeah. I got a kid your age. I mean... What do you do then? Yeah. It'd be a shame if that beautiful little boy never grew up. Uh, see, then I mean, they'd walk yeah. away because they say that stuff all the, the time. And they yeah. do it all the time. Right. He yeah. is the most ruthless, powerful, this kind of person, mob yeah. leader, outside of Putin, I suppose, there's been in the world. Well, it's certainly in our hemisphere. Yeah. Facebook and other tech companies have played a pretty major role in upending the news industry, but now the social <laughs> media giant wants to help support local news and is planning to spend $300 million over the next three years to do just that. Facebook. It was announced that Mark Zuckerberg cured cancer. My immediate reaction would be, I wonder why. Yeah, how is he profiting from this? <laughs> right. Or, or, or how is he going to take my data? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what. Facebook is saying they consistently hear from their users that they want more local news and said that while they will continue to fight misinformation and false stories on Facebook, they have also a, quote, responsibility to help local news organizations, quote, grow and thrive. Well, you also can... Don't watch the news. Good decision, young man. Um, It's nice you're responding to your users. Your users also consistently say they don't want you to take our data and sell it to random apps but you keep doing that you know i like this announcement i local news is important um you know keep listening on whatever station you're listening um but i don't believe him i just don't believe anything he says why would you right well facebook said it wants to help local journalists and new organizations with what they're going to need for news gathering and with creating sustainable business models he created this for himself but i am as joe cynical enough that i think even if this is completely legit it came about because they thought we need some some positive out there sure. yeah it's one of those mussolini made the trains run on time things there you go that's a wrap that's your news i'm marshall phillips the armstrong and getty show the conscience of the nation I do appreciate a timely train. Well, who doesn't? Mm. Who doesn't? 
I, that is something, man. You are a you are a country in trouble when the drug kingpin yep. bribes the president of the country. Allegedly. One of the great progressive states in the union is going to start mandatory visits to check on your baby, if you have a baby. We'll get to that sooner or later. Wow. Families making over a hundred grand are poor, according to the federal government, in one part of the country. Okay. That more coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Armstrong and Getty Show. President Trump on Twitter today continued to push for his proposed border wall, saying, quote, a big new caravan is heading up to our southern border from Honduras. Oh, my God, that means the only thing between us and them is the border patrol, ice, a fence, mountains, a river, Mexico, and Guatemala. Well, that's... He said a fence. Yeah. That joke would be fun, except for the other people made it all the way to the border. Yeah. And they actually had to, like, uh-uh. repel them with uh, tear gas to keep them away. Anyway, yeah. um, so the one of the big stories of the day is it looks like the State of the Union is canceled. Or at least in the traditional form of he walks into the big chamber and stands up in front of everybody and gives the State of the Union address. Right, the, the former used to, the president addressing the uh, houses of Congress there. Uh, well, okay, I guess we'll live. It's quite a move, but... I don't know. I'd, I've got a feeling that we've just got to get past all this, and cooler heads will prevail soon, and everybody will be fine. Um, I don't think it's a threat to the union, honestly. It's a hell of a move by Pelosi and, and Hoyer and the company, but um, I think we'll be all right as a people. So a couple of things. First of all, in our selective outrage grab bag, you have uh, a couple of days ago we talked about this. A CNN correspondent accusing a Fox News reporter of resting on his white privilege through his whole career when the Fox News guy is a black guy. And uh, and he responded quite eloquently to all of that and, um, and quite uh, genially, too. He said, hey, she made a mistake. She's an interesting person. She and I disagree, but I like the conversation. If those roles had been reversed, uh, CNN and Fox... It would be on the front pages. We'd be hearing about it constantly. The big newspapers of our country would be, you know, writing long and impassioned editorials. Likewise, MSNBC's Stephanie Rule suggested this week that Lindsey Graham is being blackmailed by the president, hinting that it's because he's gay. Um, that's the only explanation of why Lindsey Graham has come around to be a, a Trump supporter. Or it could be that Donald Trump or somebody knows something pretty extreme about Lindsey Graham. We're going to have to leave it there. Um, if that had been done on Tucker Carlson, again, the nation would have come, come to a halt. There'd be marches in the streets, and gay America would be savaging Fox News. But because selective outrage is selective, nobody cares. And frankly, I don't care. Lindsey Graham's going to be fine. The reporter from Fox, I don't recall his name, David... Uh, doesn't matter. He's a fine guy. Um, he's going to be fine. That's the thing about all the fake outrage in America these days. Uh, some of you get mad that it only goes one way. I don't get that mad because when it goes the one way, it's completely fake anyway. So 
I just as soon call it out for its fakeness. I don't want consistency. I don't want America to grind to a halt because somebody suggested Donald Trump is blackmailing Lindsey Graham for being gay. Because that'd be dumb. I get tired of dumb. So that's our selective outrage report. Now on to California just keeps getting crazier. Of course, you know, you do all not... these segments have to have a name like yeah. you do on cable news? <laughs> yeah. And like a banner and, and a... graphics. Yeah. Although it's radio, so you can't see the graphics, but they're behind me, trust me. Uh, and, you know, California, as crazy as it is, is about to be wiped off the face of the earth by uh, the giant killer pinwheel of doom storm mm. coming off the uh, Pacific, the cold and merciless Pacific. <laughs> uh, report out this week from uh, HUD, that's the Department of Housing and Urban Development finds that the median price for a single-family home in the Bay Area... Jack, would you like to define median for us? Halfway between the bottom and the top? Yeah, exactly. There's as many above it as below it, and vice versa. The median single-family home in the Barrio of California is $935,000. Whoa! That's the median. Wow. Now, is there one $1 billion home that pulls that number up, or...? No. No. This is a good example, though. CBS News was on this. Um, here's a home with a leaky roof, fenced in, looks terrible, run down. Looks, it looks like it's about to fall down. It was sold for $1.23 million, which beat six competing offers. Well, that's the median. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Just astonishing. How is that even but possible? The long and short is a family earning 117 grand a year now qualifies as low income in the Bay Area. 117 gur, your poor people in well, the Barrio of know, California. I, I get that. I get the math on that and everything like oh, that. I do too, the, sure. the, only, the only reason you really got to point that out is just if you hear any national numbers. Yeah. Any, any national statistics about wealth or poverty or the rich paying their fair share. Right. A lot of people in rural America would think somebody making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year is making a lot of money. Well, and they would be. And they would be, right. but not there. National uh, tax levels are stupid. That family, that poor family, making 117 grand is pay, paying a lot of income tax. Whereas, you know, a family making 117 grand in southern Indiana, for instance, which is uh, beautiful if you've never been there, um, is making crazy money. They have the biggest house in town. So, anyway, uh, and then finally this, also from the uh, California Report. There's a, a picture of California on the map and a bear roar, swiping, swiping at the camera. So, again, it's a radio show. You'll have to trust me on this. Oh, boy. Uh, supermodel Kaya Gerber, who okay. I've never heard of in my life, uh, has opened the first... Facial workout studio in Los Angeles. I think you're a regular model, not a supermodel. <sighs> I don't know. What's a supermodel? They solve crimes. Shouldn't I have heard your name if you're a supermodel? <laughs> yeah. Supermodel Kaya Gerber has already frequented Skin Camp, where Skin Gym's popular facial rollers promise to sculpt the face in minutes. From quickie boosts to Botox and filler to surgical nips and tucks, the youth-seeking Hollywood crowd is practically every anti-aging treatment at its disposal. But the first ever Skin Gym has open and offers it all in one place. Sounds macabre. <laughs> um, the uh, sounds like something out of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The <laughs> skin gym. 
<laughs> Esthetician and master of irony, Skin Gym founder Karina Sulzer says, Going back to my Ukrainian roots and Eastern European mindset, it's about being as natural as possible. There you go. <laughs> wow. Uh, Dr. Orwell would like to speak to you. Shelves are stocked with their line of beauty accessories, inspired by Gua Shan, ancient Chinese medicine. Or just made up last week, and a bunch of dumb people who think Gwyneth Paltrow's a sage have fallen for it. Includes medicine, therapy techniques, rose quartz rollovers, the jade roller, the red jasper roller, mm. and facial cupping sets, whatever they are. <laughs> Sounds awful. All great things are simple, and many can be expressed in a single word. Freedom, justice, honor, duty, mercy, hope. Final thoughts is two words. Okay. Here's your host, Joe Getty. (laughs) That wasn't good. Let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the hour. It's Marshall Phillips. Marshall? After today's news, I'm waiting to hear that Trump's State of the Union will be delivered in a series of tweets starting early tomorrow morning. (laughs) I like that. Like 50 tweets. Will he number the State of the Union tweets? Positive showing your final thought. Yes, the uh, the Japan's robot hotel has laid off half of its 243 robots after they created more problems and work than they could solve. One of the layoffs included uh, two velociraptors that manned the front desk because they couldn't scan passports properly. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Michelangelo, final thought. Well, I was going to make another Chris Christie fat joke, but I already did, too. So instead, I'll do a PSA reminding parents to spend time reading to their children for radio station license renewal purposes. Awesome. I like that. <laughs> Jack, do you have a final thought you'd like to share? Trying to live vicariously, is that the right word? Through my son and his uh, his view of the world, because it's more enjoyable to be a kid. And then I picked him up from school yesterday, his first day of school, wearing his new tennis shoes yes. that I bought him. I said, how was school day? And he said, these new shoes are great. I only got tagged once at recess. Oh, wow. Huh? Clear advantage. Absolutely. Clear advantage. <laughs> my final thought is we're entering day four without internet at my house. Hope is dimming. Our food supply is dwindling. Do you all just sit in the corner rocking back and forth, holding your knees? There's a great deal of crying, a great deal of prayer, a great deal of writing on chalkboards, <laughs> other primitive devices. We're designing websites for each other on the dry erase board. Honey, I call mine lookatthis.com, and then we cry. I should bring you the uh, new Monopoly game that we got for Christmas. We started playing with the kids and no thanks. kind of lost interest. No thanks. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. We're completely bored, but we're not that bored. Mm-hmm. So many people thank so little time. Hey, if you want to email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Something we ought to be talking about, send it along. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a historic act uh, of uh, devastating incompetence. I will not sugarcoat this. This is a disappointing day for us. Big mistake, but not too bad. The fun level in this room is at an 11 right now, and that brought it down. The ride is over. The time for the clowns and the acrobats and the dancing bears has passed. Get away from here. Get. Get. And we apologize for our stupidity. And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done. Thank you, and good night. Because the show's over. What? Bye-bye. If you're anti-establishment and you want to step away from the establishment, you need to figure out when you win, how do you accomplish it? Armstrong and Getty. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.